All right, thanks for checking out this episode of the Thunder Underground podcast. My name is Trent. My name is Jason. And we're happy to bring you a, a great episode today. Yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we sat down with uh, with Mike DiPetrillo, who is the, the drummer for Driver. Yes. And he also was the founder of Drum Day Tulsa and the Rock the Hunger event. And he's been in several other bands. He was in First Strike for a while, recently left. He was in Lock and Load. Blabbermouth. Pitbulls on Crack. Pitbulls on Crack. We saw Blabbermouth open for Gilby Clark way back in the day. Yes. And know. I didn't realize that till he said it. Yeah. We get into all that stuff, of course. Talk about his his earliest days listening to music, clear up to now, and everything in between, right? Uh, yeah, it was a, a great conversation. Uh, he's hungry, uh, professional. The band driver that he plays for is hungry and professional, and they're out for it. Uh, so, you know, and this is a good time for them. So it was just a great talk uh, and a good time. Yeah, yeah, definitely check out Driver. If if you haven't heard them, do yourself a favor. Go go find them on Reverb Nation or Spotify or anything like that. Um, they've got an EP out that came out about a year ago. It's got four or five songs on it. They're all high quality. Sounds kind of like, I mean, it sounds like modern metal, but it also has a, a classic vibe to it as well. Yes, Amazing vocals, great guitar work, and of course, obviously, great drums. Of course, of <laughs> course. It's driver.com, D-R-Y-V-R.com. And from there, uh, right when you hit that website, there's right on that front page, there's literally a link to every, their Facebook, their Twitter, uh, SoundCloud, their their Spotify. You're going to get it all. So Reverb just Nation, gonna, I think. Yeah, Reverb Nation, which is where you can hear their stuff. Uh, my personal favorite is the song Cloak and Dagger. Check that out. That's a good one. So, DRYVR.com. And I've got a ton of uh, shows coming up. We talk about all that as well, but they've got some great, great opening gigs that help get their name out. They're playing here in just a, you know, if you're listening to this as it comes out, here in just a few days, they'll be opening for Danzig at the Brady Theater in Tulsa. Uh, July 18th. Yeah, that's a great, great gig. And then the week after that, they're opening for a, uh, Shaman's Harvest, well, it'd be two weeks later, I think. They're open for Shaman's Harvest one night on a Friday night, and then the next night, August 1st, uh, Saving Abel, and both those shows are in Joplin. Which yes. Is, you know, so if you're in that area or this area, it's not a not a far drive. Right and on. With, you know, they've also got a gig with Nashville Pussy. They've also got their own, you know, own gigs coming up. So just do yourself a favor and check these guys out any chance you get, whether it be live or, like we mentioned on there, their pages where their music's posted. Exactly. Uh, and also, you know, uh, we did a, we did a shot with Mike, some, uh, Jesse James, honey bourbon, right. uh, couldn't pass it up and, uh, shout out to him again. Thanks again for being so hospitable. Uh, like I said a minute ago, great conversation, good time. Definitely. And as always, you can find, if you're listening to this, you already know that you can find it on SoundCloud. But you can go through our page on SoundCloud or our podcast page on our website and find all our previous podcasts. We've had, you know, Nine from Dead Metal Society, Scott and Jana from Rocket Science and Down for Five. And we've had some other people on just talking about random subjects and bands. Yeah, no no one is safe. If you know us, if you're our buddy or we know you in some capacity, we're going to grab you and get you on a podcast and talk about something. It could be 90s music, it could be festivals, it could be, you never know, but just know that if uh, you see us coming, get ready, get ready to uh, sit down and have some, have some drinks and have some discussion. <laughs> Definitely. And that's, uh, our website's thethunderunderground.com. It's got all the social media links on there, and that's pretty much The Thunder Underground is our, uh, our link for... For Facebook and Instagram and YouTube, Twitter is T H N D R U N D R Ground, and uh, of course TheThunderUnderground.com. And speaking of YouTube, we've got a, a YouTube channel where we post playlists for every episode that we do. So check that out for episode number ten featuring Mike. We'll have some some driver stuff and of course some other bands that he mentioned and stuff that he's been a part of we'll have to have some uh pantera and damage plan he's a huge pantera fan definitely and uh you know 
that's never a bad thing. Nope, as we are as well. That's right. Well, you got anything else you want to want to mention before we we get into this thing with Mike? No, I think uh, I think we're ready to go. I uh, hope you guys enjoy. Definitely. Thanks for listening. Petrillo, how you doing, man? Good. How are you guys? Great. Great. Jason, doing good. Glad to be here, man. Glad to be here. Thank. Good to talk to you guys. Yep. You too. I wanted to ask you right off the bat. Uh, yesterday, you posted that that picture of you had a symbol and the Elf record autographed by Dio. Oh yeah. Did you uh, just happen to meet him after a show, or did you play a show with uh, him? Back worked in the, 90s? the show a couple of times wow. and uh, got to meet him, and uh, oh, it was ridiculously cool. You know, he's one of my superheroes. So it was two different shows on two different occasions. Actually, we uh, made him a giant banner at one of the shows that he ended up keeping and taking home. Somebody said he was they were working, doing some work with him on the West Coast, and they saw it in the trunk stuff that he had. I was like, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I've never seen it, but uh, that was a, that's a cool story anyway. Yeah. 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 Well, he he's like he was always known for being a super nice guy. Oh, dude! Super it was awesome. like he was your next door neighbor. He was really? cool as hell. Like he'd known yeah. you forever. It was awesome. That'd be that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of old school guys, you've got a show coming up this weekend with Danzig. Dude, and, that's ridiculously yeah. cool. We're all so stoked about that. Um, my singer grew up did, listening to a lot of Danzig, so that's one of his heroes. And uh, I've been a Danzig fan for many years. So yeah. uh, getting to uh, open the show for him is uh, is awesome. We are ridiculously stoked about it, and to get to play at the Brady Theater, one of the uh, historical places and uh you know long time known about stages around town you know that's right. a big deal for us to be uh get to play on that stage we're pretty 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 damn stoked about it yeah what's well, driver's first time is it your have you played there before i did once it was it didn't count though it was like a star <laughs> search kind of talent uh, thing for some girl singer and okay. uh, it was horrible wow. it didn't go very well you know so this is the this is the first time that counts right well, soak it in. That stuff goes by fast. Oh, man. I'm sure. It does. It does. It's <laughs> like being on the hard rock stage out at Rocklahoma. I bet. Just getting to be on that stage, and it did. It seemed to haul ass by. Yeah. It was just, it was over, like, yeah. as soon as it got going, I bet. Man. It was, yeah. But uh, it was it was still amazing. You have a good turnout for that? We did. Cool. Even cool. in with all the mud, mud, there was a lot of people out there. I was, yeah. I was, uh, I was impressed. Nice, nice. Yeah, it was quite muddy. Yes. It, it, yes. If you hadn't noticed. <laughs> yes. yes, it was. It took days to clean all the, all the oh, crap man. off the gear. I, I had I had one pair of shoes, and I had to hose them down and just go barefoot the next day while they dried out so I could wear them again. I did the rag <laughs> wash instead of getting them soaking wet. Yeah. Because I had like three pair of shoes. I had like the walking ones, the getting close, and then playing only shoes. So yeah. I changed those on the side of the stage every night. And... Uh, yeah, the, the dirty ones every night back at the hotel. I would just take the rag and do the rag tub <laughs> bath, you know, and they were dry enough the next morning to go out and get nasty ass again. Yeah, yeah, it was a little wet out there. Yeah, it was. Big so you, you played uh, between driver and first strike like four sets out there this year? Is Got to right? play three. Three, Because okay. one of the stages uh, closed on Thursday, the uh, Camp Yeager stage, because right. it was just getting hammered and it was just, a, it was in a swamp. It was soup. Right. And uh, there was no way you're going to protect the gear or be able to play out there. Okay. So they closed down the first night. We were, I was going to be actually playing on four of the stages, but I ended up playing on three of them, which was awesome. Yeah. So you cool. played, yeah, because you, you were supposed to play Saturday night with first strike, right? And yeah, and I got rained out. We were, uh, hell, me and my old lady got, were stuck behind the uh, stage in like the uh, pre-stage tent. We were there till like almost two o'clock in the morning because it was just pouring ass man. Right. and it was like a river and they, they had the, like sheets of plywood to put your drum kit on and uh, dude it was like a surfboard it was like an island we were back there standing on that and water was just falling oh ass. man the tent was like blowing like straight up shit we're like damn <laughs> yeah it was we we did, I think we got to the point where we just gave up and we just stood out there and drank there, in, yeah. in the rain it's like fuck it you know yeah. 
Well, it finally well, chilled, here, so. and uh, Diane went and played in the rain, and uh, <laughs> then we went and found the Axis people, and they were doing acoustics, so we hung out with them for a while. Cool, cool. And uh, that was very cool. Right on. So, when you got, when First Strike did play, Sunday, right? Yes. So, did that go well? It went great. I mean, were, was, they, were they jamming people in, were they doing smaller sets to get everybody in, or how did There that was work? just uh, a couple of people, I think, moved around okay. that had already played that didn't, or something like that. I'm not sure how they rearrange things um, or maybe more people played during the day uh, maybe they started earlier I don't know but uh, yeah we had our same spot basically 10 o'clock uh, on Sunday that we were supposed to have on Saturday and uh, it went great it was a it was a it was a really good set it was a great crowd cool cool good deal. well you've got besides uh, Danza you've got an opening gig for Saving Abel and Nashville Pussy coming up right we do. We do. August 30th at the Shrine is uh, Nashville Pussy, and we're uh, opening up for those guys. And uh, Saving Abel's going to be uh, August 1st. That's in Joplin. That's cool. So we're also going to play with uh, Shaman's Harvest and uh, Emperors and Elephants in uh, Joplin. So we've got some really cool stuff yeah. coming up that we're fixing to do. It's out of Tulsa, too. It's in Joplin yes. and other places. That's really good. Um, we're trying to focus as much as we can is to do stuff you know not that's yeah. not here you know yeah. that's how we're going to get the name out and get seen right. and True. known and get the spread how'd how that come about is it just that's your next step in the plan or pretty much yeah, that yeah. was the step that was the plan from you know day one you know obviously hopefully you have something to sell basically yeah. um once we thought we had a foothold and we started going out playing shows you know, now we have to expand and we have to go into other markets if we want to perpetuate this. Yeah. You know, because everybody around here knows us, mm -hmm. you know, which is good. That's what we wanted to have to do first. But then if you want to keep it going, you have to grow it. Yeah. And uh, uh, working with a uh, new manager, uh, management guy that uh, talked to us actually at Rocklahoma. He was one of the crew running the Hard Rock stage. And he's got a uh, talent agency out of Missouri that uh, we might start working with, but we're definitely gonna work with him for a few shows and see how it goes. And this guy's got a bunch of work for us and that's awesome. Cool. So, yeah. and uh, he's got connections to, you know, up and out of here, north and east, um, and like the St. Louis's and stuff like that. That's, uh -huh. those are the markets that we need to be in. So yeah. that's, that's what we wanna do. Yeah, time to, time to get up there and do the next thing. Yep. I like it, I yep. like it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, well, just in the past few weeks, you've done Dallas and Oklahoma City, right? Yes. Yeah. Those both went great. We had a blast. Good crowds, uh, fun venues. Um, and, of course, we ate like pigs, so we come back fat. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, going way back, what when you were a kid, what got you into, into music? Man, I think I was born into it. My parents both uh, played instruments. A lot of people in my family and relatives played instruments. And... Uh, I've been, I remember whacking on things when I was a little kid. Um, you know, I started, I think, trying to play drums in second grade. And of course, it was horrible. And, uh, but my dad was a drummer, and uh, he quit. And then mom played clarinet. You know, she was a woodwind. And uh, the first thing I play, ended up playing full-time, besides drums on the side, was cello in school. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, well, I can just turn that sideways. So that's a bass guitar. There you go. But man, just drums just were always what it's all about. I remember being a little kid and like, what are you in? Like third, fourth grade when they introduce you to music yeah. when you're a little kid and they yeah. take you into the gym, you know? So I'm like early in line because it's alphabetical order and my in front of the drums, dude, this cat might as well have been 100 feet tall. You know, I'm a little kid. And, uh, but I still remember it was a blue Vista Light kit. And I'm sure what he played wasn't anything special, but it was like there was a light shining behind it. You know, it was like, oh, I must do that. <laughs> and it's uh, been over ever since. The rest is history. Yeah. Cool. Well, How old were you when you got your first kit? Do you remember? Uh, I actually stole my first drum set. Of course, I told the guy <laughs> I was going to go take it. He didn't have a place to keep it. And uh, so I went and got it and brought it to my place and started playing it. And then he quit playing for a while because of jobs and living conditions. So I started using it and started playing out. So that was probably would have been, I don't know, early teenage years. Probably. It was like uh, junior high, high school yeah. age. Yeah. And uh, I kept that uh, thing 
uh, together on a shoestring budget for a long, you know, <laughs> half, you know, one bass drum's black, one bass drum's white, you know, three of the same toms, same size up front. Yeah. You know, it was awesome. Cool. Cool. And, uh, but uh, they sounded good. Yeah. yeah. You know, so uh, I, uh, I rocked that uh, for a long time until I got my first big kit, which would have been probably the equivalent to like college years. Mm-hmm. Right on. And uh, I played that for an eternity until I got endorsed by the rig that I'm playing now yeah. and uh, they built me a rig and sent it to me for pretty much the price of shipping Yeah. and uh, I've had this rig for quite a while I'm due for a new one so I'm looking <laughs> what uh you know these are like these are the introductory sometimes cliche questions but I think they're fun so I ask them all day it's like right you know influences like who was your guy like early on like okay this is it. Oh, my yeah. early guy was Cozy Powell. Oh, yeah. From Red right on. Yeah. And then, nice. uh, you know, pretty much instantly Neil Peart, um, John Bonham. Of course, that was like, you know, and there was always like you liked one or the other back mm-hmm. then when you were a kid, right? Yeah. So, like, you know, the, you know, my friends over here like John Bonham. These guys over here like Neil Peart. So it was the constant yeah. battle. Because, like, what, who's better, the Cowboys or the Niners? Always. You know, <laughs> you know? And, uh, and uh, but uh, certainly Cozy stuck out. Uh, Buddy Rich, when I was a little kid, seeing him was just like, oh dear God, you yeah. Know? And uh, some of the early heroes, and then of course those guys talk about the ones that they like. So you got to go check out who they're talking her. about. Yeah, definitely. And it just expanded yeah. from there. Yeah. yeah, I I read up on some Cozy Pal not too long ago. I n- I never knew that he played with Brian May around the time that he passed away. Yeah. He was on that uh, solo album. Yeah. I got to see him when it was uh, Emerson Lake and Powell. Oh yeah. When they did that ELP thing yeah. with Cozy playing drums, cool. and uh, that was fucking stupid badass. <laughs> was that was that here? It was Oklahoma City. Oh okay. And uh, oh yeah, dude, that was way just so kick ass. Nice. I remember like one of the ceiling tiles fell in on the stage, scared the shit out of the keyboard player. <laughs> Um, which I don't blame him. It's like, yeah. shit, there's a piece of the wall full. <laughs> um, but it was an amazing concert. And uh, yeah, Cozy was one of my early influences. Cool, cool. And cool. then the world changed like when the Iron Maidens and stuff started yeah. coming out. Yeah. And I'm like, oh crap. And then of course the, it changed again when I got introduced to Pantera. Because uh, Vinny's just my fucking hero. You know? really? I got to play with him back when they were Diamond when I was a little kid and yeah. the band went down there didn't don't know who the hell they were and they come out and play and just wow. oh dear god yeah. do I need to go practice yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. and then years later I got to work uh, several shows being crew for Pantera and uh, those guys were just ridiculously cool I had the uh, I got lucky uh, when I was in Lock and Load we opened up for Damage Plan and uh, wow. that was okay. that was fucking amazing oh my god I bet. Dude, we got to hang with those guys, you know, all day and into the night, and they were our best friends and talking to us like they knew us forever. Yeah. Vinny yeah. said, man, you kicked ass tonight. I was like, oh, <laughs> my hero just said I didn't suck. Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, dude. And, uh, yeah, uh, one of our favorite stories, Mayhem came over and uh, was like, is that your van back there? So we're like, oh, crap, we're in the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we're hauling ass back there. <laughs> and Daryl and them were like moving a grill. They're like, dude, we didn't want to scratch your van. Wow. Like, Are you kidding me? You set some bitch on fire for all I care. <laughs> um, oh, dude, they were cool as hell. Wouldn't take our money because nice. we'd go to buy merchandise, you know, because I wanted to buy a damage plan shirt and hats and all, all the goodies. And uh, we ended up trading. And Dimebag's like, no, man, you don't need him. It's like, wow. man, we're supporting. We've been there. He's like, shh. I've been in this other band, and I made a little money. It's okay. And dude, it just you know, we were in tears. We were laughing so hard. He was just like, he was the coolest motherfucker in the world. That's awesome. And uh, yeah, so. Yeah, Trey got to meet him. I never did. I never did get to meet him. So, so, I met yeah. Phil. I have Phil. That's, that's mine. <laughs> Phil, they were, they he were, wasn't as, uh, you know, friendly, but he was still a nice guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the... I like that um, the Dime Vision DVD where it's got the real early, early oh, yeah. of just like like when the singer goes and takes a break uh-huh. and it's just Dime and Rex and Vinny and they're, they're jamming or uh, Dime singing a song. That's just like the rawest, craziest shit. Oh, dude, I mean, that was just amazing. Yeah. But when Vinny showed up and I started catching his phrasing and the way he was playing, 
I was like, oh, dude, he's the metal dude. Yeah. That he's, was, he's the it for yeah, me. Yeah, that, so. that's, that's how Pantera was when you, first time I heard him, I was like, damn, that, that drummer's badass, that guitar player, you know, it was just a game changer, you yeah, know, yeah, totally. It, it was. And it time. did, it totally changed it. And then uh, that leads into people like Killswitch and yeah. All the Remains, um, those cats, you know, of course, I'm also like a huge Seven Dust fan. So, you know, it's it's a big spread. Obviously, heavy, more percussive stuff, mm-hmm. being a drummer. You yeah. Know, I gravitate to that. But there's badass guitar work in all those bands. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, Seven Dust is awesome. Oh. They're one of my favorites forever. What do you think about Chris Adler and Megadeth? God. <laughs> Are they? Adler's, Adler's a badass. Yeah. Man. So his work's amazing. Yeah, I mean, and he's going to do some live stuff with him, too. Yeah. I can't right. wait to see that. That's going to be want, nuts. I want to see that. Yeah. I think yeah. it's going to bring it back to where people want it to be. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> you know, like, they're going to have to do Symphony, and Chris Adler's just going to be like, come on. <laughs> I need to do something crazier, you know? Although, but, playing with Megadeth, and, you know, yeah. they're paying him. Yeah, I can't go he wrong. Might, he might be like, cool, I'm getting a check. <laughs> I'm on it. You know? Yep, can't go wrong. What was, uh, were you in First Strike from the beginning? No, no, I'm, uh, I thought it was like the third or fourth drummer. I think I'm somewhere in the third realm, um, but they hired me in like 2010, right around around the time my mom passed away. Yeah, because forever it was a guy named Paige that was with them, and then there was a couple of different formations of the band that had a couple of different guys here and there, Um, but uh, I was with them for like five years. And uh, I, uh, I just got done. Uh, I just parted with uh, them after Rocklahoma this year. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. I, uh, and it was, it was a great run. We parted as friends. Um, just things have taken me in a different path. Yeah. And uh, I did not see it coming, you know. And uh, uh, Driver has just taken off, and uh, we're busy. Yeah, you know we're excited, we're busy, we're hungry, um, we're working hard at uh, trying to do this right and get better mm-hmm. and play as much as we can and yeah. uh, get out there. And uh, I think we have a marketable product this time around. I like this sound, and uh, I think there's enough to help pay the utility bills. Yeah, I think we can sell some of this stuff. Yeah, you know, definitely. I, I know that. I know that when when me and him started doing this, I'd been out of the loop for a while and when you know me and him started doing this i'm like well i need to i need to start researching this again like tulsa and all that kind of stuff and i i literally this is like no lie i just typed in you know tulsa metal tulsa rock you know and you guys are the first one that came up and so <laughs> I, I don't know how it was it's, it was a facebook page or somebody's i don't know and i was like okay i clicked on it and i'm like are you fucking kidding me i didn't how long is this what no, what's going on? How did I miss this? You know, because and I'm not just you know I'm not just blowing smoke. No, uh, it, it was just you know it was a great sound. I love I love the clean vocals and stuff. You know, it's not as growly and stuff. You it's, know, uh, it, it it fell out of the sky. Yeah, and I was day. like, I I recognized two of the guys from Rhythmic Disturbance. Uh huh. And it's like, how did I how did I miss all this? You know, so it was. Uh, and we're still brand new. We won't. Yeah, we'll be, we'll be two years old. Really? Uh, in August. So mm-hmm. we're still new. We're still figuring out what the hell we're supposed to be doing. Well, um, you guys are on the right track. We're, uh, <laughs> we're, we, we all give a shit, you know, yeah. and it's fun. Yeah. And uh, I think that's, that's probably why it, it's not as much work, yeah. although it is work, you know, because we're working at it to try and get better. But we're having a freaking blast, dude. Yeah. You know, I called Jude, because um, when I got done with Lock and Load, uh, some of us stuck together and we formed Beyond What's Given. Needed another guitar player. Bright light. I called Jude. I was like, dude, come play with me. So we did for like four years with this other band. When we finally got done with that, uh, that's when I got with First Strike. But I wanted, there was just like something missing, you know? And uh, so I called Jude. I'm like, dude, get your ass over here. We need to form a band. And if nothing else, Saturdays, I just got a new grill. We'll have like metal and meat on, <laughs> on the weekends. And uh, he called me back a couple days later, and he's like, you know, I got these dudes. And I was like, really? So we went and listened, and uh, Diane and I were in the hall listening to him play at rehearsal. 
and we're like, because the drummer we knew was going off to like work in the oil industry, you know, gotcha. so he was going to be gone anyway. And uh, my wife and I were like, did you hear that? And we're nodding yes at each other. I'm like, I heard that. I think I can do something to that. So I told him, get the guys over here. And uh, a couple weeks later, we started playing. And uh, we get a couple of weeks into it, and all of a sudden, it just changed. It just wasn't the same. Things yeah. started to click. Yeah. And it's like, hey, I think I hear this. Nice. And uh, so we've been just uh, working hard. You know, we do. You know, we watch a lot of videos. We critique. We watch our own videos. Um, we check the internet with what's going on. Um, we're just trying to absorb and learn and, and, and be as you know, be the best that we can. You know, yeah. You know, put out the best product that we can. Yeah. Well, where did you where did you find your your singer from? Because that that guy can sing. Um, he's a friend of uh, Jude and everybody else because yeah. they work they work together okay. in a band and they worked together in Rhythmic D for a while. And then uh, Adam went. Uh, he was in the military, and uh, then when he got back, I think it just took them until they really crossed paths again. I think Adam yeah. started singing karaoke and doing something else. I think one of the old dudes found him and convinced him to come over one night and so they started singing together and uh, they were doing something over at Jude's house off and on I think for a year or so a couple yeah. years I'm not sure how long that was And uh, but uh, yeah they, they they had the connection to him cool. cool well for two years you guys really stepped up you know that's awesome we uh, we uh, we work hard at it we play a lot you know, it's in my yeah. living room, as you can see. I got yeah. the gear. And uh, so we're playing, you know, two, three times a day or a week, you know, we're rehearsing. Yeah. And, uh, you, know. you get the, uh, you get the uh, neighbors complaining at all? They all love it, dude. Good, it's all good. cool. It's That's all good. cool. We moved it around. I've, I've had different configurations yeah. to see what bleeds the least. It turns out to be this one. I've had people walk around. They said, it's like a loud stereo. And, you know, and you can hear the rumble and maybe sometimes the snare. Yeah. Uh, but it's not like offensive and nasty and I'm always done before 10 o'clock so you know I have yeah. respect with the neighbors and uh, they they all said man we hear you we like it sounds cool you know <laughs> and the old lady across the street or older lady uh, actually my drum tech works with their grandson that stays with them sometimes so I'm like no shit you know the guy and she came over and was like yeah you know uh, I hear you play and it's not really my kind of music I know my grandson would like it but I really <laughs> appreciate that you guys are done before 10 o'clock you know and that was cool that was very yeah. cool yeah and uh, so we just you know have respect don't crank the shit out of it you know yeah and, yeah definitely uh, it's, it's all good cool cool right on I'm just basically trying not to rattle stuff off my wall <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you mentioned you know I think you said you guys would give a shit and I mean you can tell like that's the thing that we First time we saw you, we walked away from saying this is just seems way more professional than most bands you see. Thank you. You know, at this level. Yeah. Thank and it's just because you know there was no lollygagging around, no BS. It was just up there, ready to go and kicked ass. And well, that's what our heroes do. Yeah. So the guys that we're watching, that right. we want to be. Yeah. You know, I want to be Vinnie Paul. What does he do? Right. You know, <laughs> and uh, we just we want to present. You know, uh, people deserve what they pay for. Right. On. You know, and it's a. Uh, kind of showed we'd want to go to yeah. you know and they're the band like I said they're the bands that we watch you know what do they do and uh, so we're we're working on it cool, well, thank cool. you that's a huge compliment hey, I appreciate that no problem so I, I wanted to ask um, I just remember this in one of your comments you said that uh, Nine had a sandwich story you have a chicken story oh I've got several chicken stories one of our uh, <laughs> we gotta hear Jude, one Jude and I have a favorite from when we were traveling back in the uh beyond what's given days um, and there's a KFC we'd always hit if we weren't eating uh, chicken wings and dude we had the system down where we'd hit the cruise control at like you know 55 and the dashboard was the tray like the cup holder was where the sauce was <laughs> you know the shifter held the garbage bag and had everything laid out like an assembly line and we're fucking munching on wings going down uh, the highway you know cruise control driving with your knee you know, <laughs> clean it up, throw it away, and then haul ass the rest of the way to rehearsal. But we'd stop at uh, KFC to eat, like, all the time. And we'd get, like, people that must have started five minutes before we got there. Like, I would get people that couldn't understand, you know, chicken. And I'm like, what did you say? You know, and this went on forever. And uh, 
they would get it wrong or screw it up just so many times. And uh, we got this week of this one girl that screwed it up like every time we got there. It was starting to get funny. And uh, it was just one of those days where I'm tired, I'm grouchy, I'm just, just give me some freaking chicken and it's time for rehearsal. Maybe I beat the crap out of my drums and I'll feel better. And I ordered, I don't know, some combo something meal. And I get up there and uh, she's like, oh yeah, we're out of chicken. And dude, <laughs> I think I turned into the alien. Jude still laughs. Like, I think the second jaw came out. Yes. Because I how was just KFC like, how can KFC run out of chicken? How do you not have any <laughs> fucking chicken? You know, and oh, dude, it was sad. And it, it was one of the other meals. It was like a sandwich or something. It wasn't just like the regular 12 pieces yeah. of chicken. You know, yeah. they can't be out of that. Um, oh, dude, I just, yeah, I went off this chick just freaked out. Her, you know, her face was was white. I climbed over Jude, and you know, he was he was just like, Shh, quiet, you know, chill. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it, it was bad. Nice. Well, it was bad. But you know, I eventually chilled. <laughs> I'm like, fine, just give me something else before I kill you, and uh, I will go on. It was just one of those days. Hell yeah! Hey, we all have them. We oh. all have them. <laughs> right on. What was the what was the name of your first band? My first band would have been Locke. How was it? Yeah. Well, the first one that had a name anyway, of any substance that had people in it. Right. Other than me. And uh, that lasted for a while and then uh, I turned into the shit monkeys. Which was awesome. <laughs> I hated that name. My mom loved my mom got a kick out of that name. I was just, you got to be kidding me. And uh, that lasted for a while, and then that turned into Blabbermouth. And uh, Blabbermouth oh, wow. was... Blabbermouth, hold yeah. on. Hold on, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you guys opened for Gilby Clark? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's you, right? Nice. That, 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 that was the uh, uh, the guitar player had, he was missing a Dave finger. Dave Nixon. Yeah, he was missing yeah. a finger. Yeah. He Holy was, crap. He's still, I'm sure he is still badass. But, oh, dude, he was a badass guitar player. Yeah. And uh, that was a lot of fun playing with him. I'm still in touch with uh, Rich and Matt, my guitar player and vocalist from those days. Uh, they're still good friends of mine. They live in Vegas. Wow, that's and, uh, awesome. Oh, uh, that was a lot of fun. And after yeah. that, that Small kinda, world. Yeah. I transitioned into Pit Bulls. And then I played with uh, NOTA for the end of Give Them Enough Dope. It took me a second because it was after giving enough rope from uh, uh, Clash. And uh, so I had a, a turn in punk band world, and I sucked at it. Yeah. Oh, God, I sucked at it. I worked hard at it. And yeah. they, oh, dude, they worked my ass off. And these dudes were older than the crowds they were playing with. Yeah. And were just kicking everybody's ass. These yeah. guys were fucking amazing players. You know, my jaw's hanging open as I'm trying to hold on for dear life to play this shit. <laughs> You know, I remember because uh, Jason Ferguson was the guy that was in it before me, and I saw him recording most of the tracks, and there was like not another soul in the room. He's like, "Ready, go!" This first song, you know, and just nails it with yeah. nothing else in the room. I was like, "How in God's name do you do that?" Oh, yeah, fuck, he was so good, <laughs> you know. But I got lucky because of the people I'd played with before knew other people, and every one of them worked my ass off. Yeah. And so I owe that all to people like Steve Ray, you know, um, and uh, Matt Woodward and Dave Nixon and all those guys that uh, I got to play with, that each one of those connections opened different doors, you know. Yeah. And it seemed to change a lot at the end of Blabbermouth when uh, the guys in Pitbulls had me play with them because uh, those guys were no joke. Yeah. You know, those guys were the deal. Yeah. So yeah, I remember and, seeing them a few times. Yeah. The and dude, you know, I busted my ass and it changed things for me and opened up a bunch of new doors because I was playing with these guys. And uh, so I owe a lot to those guys. I told them that several times. Cool, cool. And like I said, worked my ass off, which yeah. was awesome. And uh, so that's what I'm still trying to do today. Yeah. Yeah, you put in the work. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I've taken cool. lessons since uh, about the end of Drum Day last year. Yeah. I finally got to uh, hook up with this guy named Brian Cup that I've been wanting to take from this guy. Oh yeah, he's just so stupid badass. He'd be like doing a drum roll with one hand and 
eating Chinese food with the other and talking to you. <laughs> so, so I guess over here, yeah, bitch, he's good. Um, but it's making a huge difference. Things are changing. Um, I've just got, you know, it's like hand motions. You just want more. My, yeah. my playing was pissing me off for a long time, and uh, I, uh, I, there's, I want more. Yeah. Know? So now I can take from this guy who's just phenomenal. And he can explain it to my dumb ass. They're, my hands and things are starting to change. Yeah. Yeah, I've I, I, I've known of that guy for a while. I know I got a buddy that used to take lessons from him. And he would tell me, Brian will just sit will just sit there, not with sticks or a drum, and he could just talk it and tell Josh what to do. And I just thought that was insane. His you know, it seems like you'd need to show, but he could just tell it he can tell yeah. and the fact that he does show you know we're yeah working, we're working head to head on the same pad so just fuck dude it's amazing what he can do with a pair of drumsticks in his hand well that's cool you know you know you've been playing forever and you still want to take lessons that's that's awesome oh. because you know that I, shows yeah. you know there's the there's, work ethic i man i you know i mean this suck i want to be able to do <laughs> stuff yeah and it's uh so yeah i need uh, i need fresh eyes and fresh approach and you know, break down start with a pad and work on hands and technique and yeah 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 that's cool starting to make sense and things are things are changing i remember all of a sudden fingers are working and i was like dude you see that middle of the song he's like what i'm like never mind shut up you know you're a guitar player just go <laughs> yes Damn guitar players. Yeah. <laughs> Love them. Want to shoot them. <laughs> yes. Well, you mentioned Drum Day Tulsa. Could you just give an explanation for someone that doesn't know what that is? Uh, I started an event uh, 10 years ago called Drum Day. Uh, ego, at first, I wanted to break the world record for the most drummers playing the same beat at the same time. Right. When I was setting the first one up, I heard this news story, uh, middle of the night on the radio, um, from Channel 6 that Tulsa was number one in the nation for food insecurities and back then I don't even remember anymore it was like three or four percent of the state uh, couldn't go a week without some kind of food assistance and there was like 30,000 people a week in the city couldn't eat and uh, I freaked out because we hide it well you know, I was thinking that would be more of a coastal, ignorant, you know, thought it would be more of a coastal problem or down in the Gulf where we already knew it was a poor economy and you heard about it before. Um, but, uh, yeah, and I didn't know we had uh, this kind of, these kind of problems, school kids not eating. Um, and uh, I just wanted it to, it made sense to do something for the community. The world record is secondary. Um, I'm going to do this event and have it actually be for something, not just for fluffing my ego. And uh, it just it just hit me that this is why Drum Day will succeed because we need to do something for our own community, and it's not about money, you mm -hmm. know. And Tulsa and Oklahoma in general is known to be a very giving state. We help everybody. All right, well, there's nothing wrong with helping ourselves too, you know. People's kids don't get to eat, um, you know. Friends, um, and it's not just for homeless. You know, uh, people, you know, accidents, your house burns down, you know, stuff like that. All different, uh, a broad spectrum of people uh, go to the food bank and need assistance and with it, with their partner programs. Um, and it's something that we can all do and it doesn't cost money, it doesn't cost a lot of time. So basically, I just charge every drummer 10 cans of food, bring your own drum set, we set up in a basketball arena and uh, we play the same beat for five minutes, which is the We Will Rock You beat, and uh, that represents a world record attempt, and if we'd ever get past 533, we would have the U.S. record. Yeah. Uh, we've come close at 350, um, but no money. Uh, we charge the spectators. Actually, there's no cost. We just tell everybody, just bring some food, put it in the pile. And so far, we're close to like 60,000 pounds of food we've put into the food bank. Awesome. And given, I'm sure, a few thousand dollars cash by now. Yeah. But it's all about the food because they can turn, they can stretch it and turn the different products into meals and feed several people. Yeah. So she said we've been responsible for, you know, a few million meals. 
Cool. Now, now, when during the year is that? We usually do it uh, the first Sunday of November. Oh, okay. Um, November's International Drum Month, so that's a perfect tie-on. Yeah. Um, it's also right around. We've tied together with uh, uh, breast cancer for, with uh, Turn Tulsa Pink people, cool. and because uh, at the end of October is Breast Cancer Awareness, so we've tied into that a couple of times. But uh, that time of year, especially getting around holidays, um, Thanksgiving being right around the corner, right. the food needs increase like you know almost triple yeah. because of that time of year so it just instantly made sense of that's why we need to do it this is where and when and off to the races i went cool so cool and this year will be the 11th one next time we do one is going to be number 11 because it goes to 11 <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you just can't make that stuff up, and I can't yeah. let that go. No. And I'm no. like, oh, I've, yeah, I'm keeping that. Yeah. I'm keeping that. There's, that's going to be in the promotions big time. Right yeah. on. Right yeah. on. And is the Rock the Hunger event tied into that, or is that That's a separate, separate one, oh. and uh, Joe from Delay the Day uh, was the one that came up with that idea after him and I were talking about some stuff and drum day things back and forth, and bands playing at drum day and I'm like no it's just for drummers it's not for the whole band and uh, then we started talking about well then why don't we do a band type of drum day kind of thing mm-hmm. and so we put one on and, uh, uh, and Rock the Hunger came up as a good name and uh, I thought he was a genius so off to the races we went and the first couple were a huge success and our grand vision is to make it be like the cancer suck show yeah you know have, oh, one, awesome. or, have one or two headliners and like maybe three regionals locals mm-hmm. you know and and maybe stuff for sale auction or just make it like seven bucks and seven cans of food is what admission yeah. is yeah and uh we did it last year at rum runners and caroline spine was one of our headliners one night and uh Oh, dude, it was a huge success. Yeah. The place was freaking packed for two cool. days. Um, and I think there was a ton of food. And like 2500 bucks, 3500 bucks cash. Yeah. Something like that. Right on. And, uh, so, yeah, we turned that into a, a cashier's check, presented it to him. We stood there with a the big fork, me and uh, Steve Murdoch. And the, uh, the the food bank lady stood there with the big with the big giant oversized fork, and uh, so that was yes, cool. right on. And uh, so, man, just you know, uh, I, I wanted to do something. Yeah, that's awesome. Is that awesome. happen the same time every year? Or is it just when you guys are able to put it together? Um, we're going to start focusing on it more. Um, there's probably not going to be one this year just because of our schedules and we're all just stupid busy. Mm-hmm. And by the time we get the blink, it's going to be the holidays. Well, that slows everything and it's the holidays. Yeah. Right. You know, and uh, it's time to eat. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so come spring or at least, you know, in rock and roll world, the holidays and the first part of the year, that's like spring training. Yeah. You know, and that's when it's uh, band swapping, new band formings. You know, it, it's like the off season. Mm-hmm. You know, because travel sucks. You don't drive through the ice. You know, there's yeah. there's, there's not a whole lot unless you're in a big production. Um, so, uh, first of the year, we're going to get on the planning for uh, Rock the Hunger, and uh, we want there to be one next year for sure. Cool. And uh, that's that's the vision is to yeah. get it to be you know like a concert. Right on. And I think it'll be uh, I think it'll be hugely successful. Not asking anybody to do anything, but go to a concert. Yeah, right. Yeah, so that's that's one one of the reasons why cancer sucks is such a huge success. Yeah. You know, the people that run it are amazing. The venue is amazing. Bands are always good. Um, cool stuff going on. Cool stuff for sale. It's just a good event, and and the cause that it goes to. Right know, cancer research is uh, you know needs to there needs to be more of it at all times we need yeah. to get, we need to get rid of that bastard yeah yeah we do there's everybody knows somebody with it or somebody with a family member with it or that's something. right so my mom that's with, a, uh, my mom because of lung cancer yeah yeah it's a it's a good thing for sure for sure um couple more a couple more questions i think unless you have something i have a couple more things i had a question about this is like, I'm not even a drummer, but I mean, 
I just am curious and I think it looks cool is your drum set is like the bass drums are kind of elevated and oh, it's a hot rod man it's like a top fuel I've only seen it's... that once before a long time ago and I just well what is, is the purpose of that is, is it, it just is feeling badass well it, the the rack's called a drum frame <laughs> yeah and I saw it at a NAMM show in like 1999 really uh, drum racks yeah. you know because I was tired of cymbal stands because you end up having 40,000 of them or you have them that look like <laughs> modern art like you know transformers you know and something always breaks because there's too much weight on something and I got sick of that so I'm like alright I have to break that I was, I was anti-rack back then I was like stands are cool racks suck yeah. you know and uh, I'm an idiot and uh, okay I gotta find a rack started looking around this one popped up I freaked out so I called them directly I'm like how do I get one of these? I get it. I understand. Triangle. It won't twist and bend. It'll never move because uh, the round bars were always slipping. Yeah. Because you know, I used to work at a drum store and I sold rack, I see. Uh, rack locks, bar locks, by the ton. I would sell them a box at a time, you know, because they were always breaking because of all the weight. And uh, so it's called a drum frame. Yeah. But everything, home base, which is the kick drums and snare and me and the hi-hat, are mounted to the same plate. Wow. And it's elevated so that gravity is more your friend. You're in the neutral zone. It's like if you hit a drum head that's down here, you know, it's going to fall that way because of gravity. If you hit something that's this way, it falls this way because of gravity. So you're kind of in that neutral zone that it's not pulling as much. And the chair supports, so arms and legs are all that moves, and all the vibrations transfer to you, so you can feel it as well as hear it. And uh, so you don't have to kick as hard, and uh, there's nothing, you know, it's all rims mounted, and a cradle that holds kick drums, so everything resonates. Yeah. So the kit is louder with less force. Less stuff, yeah. And it makes everything in that easier, neutral spot to play, and then because the bars are triangle, nothing ever moves. Everything is always in the same spot. Wow. And with no legs, I can get on pretty much any stage anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, oh, true. Yeah. That's awesome. I don't, I don't have a bunch of crap sticking out, so there's only like seven points that actually touch the ground. Yeah. And, uh, oh, dude, it's, it's just it's kind of like a work smarter, not harder kind of deal. Basically. I like that. Puts everything, puts everything in that <laughs> neutral zone. The tough thing to overcome is the, the angle at first, because yeah. you end up doing this forever, because you're used to sitting like that when you're sitting on the ground. And, uh, and I still tend to lean a little bit after all this time. And uh, there is a little bit of a drawback, I think, uh, when it comes to the, the pedals. Yeah. I think there's a little pull back, yeah. which I've had to overcome through the years. A lot of cats I know that play flat can just smoke my ass yeah. with their feet. And I go home and I'm like, I got same technique, same spring tension, I think. My beater's the same height, and it's just not coming out the same, you know. I think that's just, I think there is a difference. Yeah. It did take a while to get used to. No, not too bad because I was so ready for it. Gotcha. You know, yeah. it's like I called him brochure, read every day, was, you know, trying to educate myself. So when it showed up, I started putting it together. I was like, you know, like the early video was like, you're supposed to like actually get overly too close and uncomfortable just to get used to the angle wow. first. And then adjust. I was like, fuck that. I'm putting it in the <laughs> configuration I'm playing, and we're going. Yeah, you're you know? ready. And uh, so, it, you know, it took a little bit to get used to, for sure. But uh, I, I got it the moment I saw it. I'm like, I've got to have that. That's it. That's the shit. <laughs> and, uh, well, now it's just like a funny car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right on. I fucking love it. Cool. Cool. Well, um, uh, are, now, are you guys doing, are you guys recording or doing any new stuff? We're writing and is new it, stuff. And is and it going to be like a CD, or are you just going to put it on your Reverb Nation? Or I think we'll probably splatter everything once the time comes. Um, yeah. It's way past time already, we think, and a couple of the labels that I'm dealing with, we're kind of at a standstill, because we've had a demo that's been out for almost a year, or yeah. maybe even a little bit longer. It's done great. It's still yeah. doing well. Yeah. But it can only go so far. It's yeah. Like four songs. Yeah. So they're both like you need a complete CD. So we're all <clears throat> talking about it every day that we need to get our butts in the studio, but it's just the time. Yeah. So the biggest break we're gonna have is gonna be in September because our bass player is gonna be on vacation. 
So if we can get our butts in and at least get some, you know, foundations going mm-hmm. for uh, while he's gone in September, then maybe the you know dream of something new in spring that's a full length CD uh, will be out. Awesome. And we're also way past due for new video stuff. Now we're gonna have one uh, coming out soon, which was the stuff that was shot at Rocklahoma uh, when we were on the Axis stage. Yeah. There was a video company and a big production going on. Hey, was that that drone? Uh, yeah, the okay, drone right. and uh, those guys. Oh, okay. Um, uh, Lee is his name. I think was it Aerovision. I think is the name of the company. I forgot. I'd have to look. Um, but I've seen a couple of the still shots. They look amazing. And uh, so he's uh, putting together a video uh, of two songs that we had him record. So that should come out pretty cool. And uh, but we're every day. It's the two things that are driving us crazy. You know, we need uh, uh, and of course new songs. Um, but you know, gotta have a record, and we need video. And did you know we needed a video and a CD? Hey, <laughs> that's a great idea. You know, um, so we want to. We're working our way toward that. It's going to happen. Yeah. Um, we just got to get going at it. And the biggest thing is just time because uh, we're, we're booked a lot. We're booked into next year. Yeah. Well, right on. Which is that's uh, a good problem. I'm loving. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Oh, I'm ridiculously happy. So, that's awesome. And working with these new couple of promotion agencies. If we do well and present well, then that'll give us an opportunity for them to call us again. Mm-hmm. And that's how that, that starts to spread, that you start doing more and more national acts. Yeah. And we're so ready and wanting to do, be that spot. Yeah, know? definitely. Like, um, I see the band Otherwise a lot, and um, Shaman's Harvest. Right. Yeah. Those guys are out with, like, everybody we've heard of. Yeah. You know, I want to be there. Yeah. You know, I want to be, oh, hey, can you do this run of shows with these guys? Yes, we can. You know? Definitely. So I want to get to that. So, getting in to start doing some shows with uh, uh, Outlaw Coalition in Missouri and with DCF in Oklahoma City. Cool. Getting to work with both of those. Um, that should uh, help perpetuate that and hopefully the ball will start to roll and we'll get to do more of these. Definitely. Definitely. Well, um, let's, get a, let's get a rundown of your shows so everybody knows your upcoming shows. Um... Hell yeah. Bam. Bam. <laughs> um, of course, next Saturday, July 18th, we are opening for Danzig and uh, Pennywise at the Brady. Nice. Um, that's just, oh, dude, that's, we are so ridiculously happy about that. But, and, um, you know what time you go on? We hit the stage at 7.30. Okay. The doors, I think they said, are at 6.30, and we start the show at 7.30. Cool. So it gives people an hour to get settled and in and something to drink. That's freaking awesome. Yeah. And then the uh, 22nd, we'll be in Joplin opening for Emperors and Elephants, which is uh, Randy Cooper, the original Texas Hippie Coalition yeah. guitar player. That's his new band. Okay. Those guys are badass. And then we're going to play at Shooters in Fort Smith on the 25th. Then we'll be with Shaman's Harvest back in Joplin on the 31st. And then the next night in Joplin again with Saving Abel in nice. uh, Missouri. And uh, that gets us into uh, the first part of August. Cool. So that's awesome. And we know uh, that we're going to be back at the Route 66 campgrounds in Depew. We're playing the uh, uh, Sturgis After Rally uh, on that the weekend after Sturgis. I think the 14th is a Saturday that we're going to be out there. Right on. on. We're uh, really stoked to uh, get to play on that big stage. Yeah, I bet. And uh, again, when is the uh, Nashville Pussy Show? That is August 30th at August. the Shrine. Cool, cool. And for the some of the bigger shows this time around, they gave us tickets. So uh, on the up-and-coming shows, um, hit up driver.com uh, or driver on Facebook or send any of us a message. And a lot of times we'll have uh, cheaper discount band tickets oh, yeah. to sell. Yeah, and so. and the more tickets you sell, the better it looks and exactly. the better, yeah. Exactly. So definitely We, we can't accomplish a mission and that we can bring people to the table, which increases our worth in their eyes. Yeah. And uh, not being buttheads to work with and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. And we'll we'll work real hard and we'll promote our butts off. Cool. Which is, which is what we do. Cool. And uh, so we'll, we'll, uh, we won't have a problem selling tickets. Yeah, definitely. You got anything else? Yeah, I did want to ask you, uh, <laughs> do you do production work at all? What kind? I mean... Just in the studio for bands? Mm, or no. no. Okay. No, I'm not that guy. 
Okay. I'm the guy that's like, cool, check out the lights. What's, <laughs> what's this do? Yeah. Yeah. All right, no cool, kidding. what's this do? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I went out and was like a sound apprentice for a little while, and uh, I kind of get it, but um, no. No, that's right just, uh, you know, if, if you're going to be good at it, then you better pay attention and that, that's your thing. Right. And uh, I want to make noise, not control it. There you go. Cool. There you go. Well, on a totally random non-music note, I know from your Facebook and knowing him, all three of us are huge uh, Walking Dead fans. Oh, so. man. <laughs> Watch your, out. Oh, it's, your, it's nothing but meeting zombies on Sundays around here in my house. Doors locked, phones off. You know, did you see the trailer for the new season? Yes, yet? I did. Okay. Now, my wife, she, uh, uh, I like her. You know, We did it usually, but I broke down and watched the trailer. But she didn't watch any of it. You know, because we're on all their mailing lists, and she instantly deletes. She doesn't watch the clips, the yeah. trailers. <laughs> she wants to go in completely fresh, which is awesome. Yeah. And uh, but oh yeah, dude, we are so hooked on that show. And I guess September, I heard end of September, is when we get that other Walking Dead show. Oh yeah, that's the, like uh, the Fear of the Walking Dead or whatever. I think it's August actually. Or is it August? Yeah. Yeah, because they said it's only six weeks. Yeah. Right. So there's like six shows, yeah. which is. Well, the start of the outbreak, mm-hmm. and it's what, a family on the West Coast, a family in L.A.? Yeah. So. Yeah. I read a thing where it said you're still, you're going to see the zombies decaying with, like, the silicon coming out of their boobs, because it's like Hollywood, you know? <laughs> and I was like, well, I, I can't wait to see that. Well, That's going to be awesome. Man, yeah, it's, you know, it's got to, it's got to eventually. <laughs> you know. Right on, right on. Yeah, we're, uh, we're stoked and looking forward to that show coming back on. That's a, uh, that's a, uh. Ritual at our house. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, it's, it's very rare that there's a show that great, you know? Yeah, Like that, Breaking Bad, and those kind of shows, you know, just come around every once in a while. Yeah. Jim, my guitar player from uh, First Strike, is the one that turned me on to it. Yeah. Because he was watching it at first and talking about it at rehearsal, but, you know, you're not really completely paying attention all the time, or you can't hear because you're playing, you know, the zombie show, so... Your first thought is like, you know, Night of the Living Dead kind of zombie stuff. And I'm like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know? And he's like, no, dude, seriously. It's like about a story and people. And, man, and I think it was already at the end of season one, you know? And mm-hmm. so he'd been talking about it for months. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm sure it's another bullshit show like all the other vampire shows, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and uh, Diane and I were doing something. I don't know, it could have been domestic day with like laundry and something. There's not shit on TV. And we stumble into the Walking Dead marathon. They were playing the whole season, everything back to back. And we came in right in the middle, like half, you know, like on a Saturday. And uh, just started getting hooked. And I called Jim. I'm like, thanks, asshole. Something else <laughs> I'm going to be addicted to. And uh, so we made sure we caught it from the beginning, the very next day when they ran the marathon again. And uh, been hooked ever since. Nice. It sucked us in big time, dude. So, yeah. Who's your favorite character of all time? Man. Well, I like the obvious ones. Like, Daryl's a badass. Michonne's a badass. Um, I don't want Rick to freak out. I'm really glad that uh, Morgan is back. He's so fucking cool. Yeah. Um, but I like the new uh, big dude, army guy, army-ish kind of guy. Oh, the redhead yeah, guy. The redhead, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, our our core group of people, of course, those mm-hmm. those people can never go away. I will be so pissed. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, like you mentioned, it's going to start happening. We're getting this far into it. Oh, yeah. man. They, <laughs> yeah. The producers and, last year even said, it's like, yeah. Yeah, get ready. There's, there's going to be some blood, and it's not going to be all and, zombies. And, you know, I, I knew from a long time ago, I'm like, we're going to see Morgan again on, like, a grander scale. And, and we did. I was certainly hoping so. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so there's going to be a bunch of new twists. And uh, from seeing the trailer, oh, crap. Looks like the beginning. Well, they even said, you know, the first couple episodes are going to blow your mind. I'm like, yes, I hope so. Yes, bring it on. (laughs) That's what I want. My mind blown. Yep. I like the fact that, uh, was it Ian from Anthrax? Yeah. He's been a zombie twice. Yeah, he's been a zombie twice. Yeah. I want to be a zombie. That would be <laughs> fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, I... Uh, or just, you know, win one of the trips where you get to go out to one of the tapings or yeah. the parties or just, you know, I think it would be cool to see yeah. that, uh, the production. I think uh, it would be cool. I rewound, I rewound, because I'm pretty sure that was Scott Ian, because I, I saw the picture of what he's going to look like, yeah. and I paused it, 
I was like, okay, that's him. My wife was like, okay, good. Now can we watch the can rest go? of the episode, yeah. please? <laughs> like, sorry, I had to geek out. There he is. My wife was like, who? Yeah. You know, the guy you just saw at Oklahoma? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. That guy. Yep, that guy. <laughs> right on. So, yes, we are uh, we are walking dead people in this house big time. <laughs> well, is that, you got anything else? You good? Well, I guess I think we're good. We appreciate you doing this, man. man dude, yeah, it's awesome. You thank you. It's a huge compliment coming from you guys. Yeah. So, I really appreciate it. Definitely. Yeah. Had a good time. It's, uh, it's been fun talking with you guys. Right on. Definitely.